0: Thank <laughs> you. Nichiwa minasans! Welcome to Japanatron. I'm your host, Dave Pavagina. Oh, uh, wait, actually Dave Pavlina. Yeah, don't don't call me Pavagina. It's kind of a uh, kind of rude. Uh, and Japanatron is a podcast about Japan and life in Japan and some uh, little Japanese culture. Uh, today's topic, I'm going to talk about life at Aeon. Now I already talked about life out in the countryside. I kind of focused on uh, life outside of work uh, in that episode, uh, you know, like what I did in the free in my free time out in uh, Um But today, and I promise this, I want to get to talking about working uh, as an English teacher out in the countryside. I worked at uh, what's called an Akiwa, an English conversation school, uh, Eon, one of the bigger ones. Um, I didn't pick uh, Nova. Uh, You've probably heard, heard a lot of bad things about them. Nova means no vacation. Plus, I, I don't know, like Nova went bankrupt or something, and it's still around. I don't know. The president was all crazy. Lots of weird stories there. Geos, I don't know much about them. Uh, I heard... Yeah, yeah, those kind, of, uh, those kind of things whenever I bring up Geos. Um, I heard good things about Eon. Um, and uh, there, another one I heard about was ECC. Um, and I heard good things about them. I actually did apply to them. The one reason I didn't do ECC, and I probably said this before, was because you float to many schools at ECC, it seemed. Uh, whereas with Eon, you're at one school. And I, th- I thought that was kind of more, I don't know, like a warm friendly environment, it seemed to me. So, uh, another one I did not do, uh, which you've probably heard of, is the JET program. That's probably the most famous, actually. Uh, The JET program is run by the Japanese government, and they place you in the school program. Uh, So you're teaching, actually, students at school, you know, like classes of maybe 30 people or something. Um, And the pay is a lot better uh, in the JET program. Uh, the reason I didn't do it, uh, despite the better pay, is the application process is kind of a pain in the ass. It's like once or twice a year, I think. Maybe that's changed. I don't know. Uh, Eon, the the English Conversation schools, it's like year-round. It's a business. You know, you're working in a business. You're not working in the school system. So there's really no timing that you have to follow. Um... The other reason I didn't do the JET program was that you're teaching kids that don't necessarily want to be there, they don't necessarily want to learn English, they're afraid, Uh, you're going to get a bunch of douchebag high school boys, possibly, Um, so I've heard some bad things where I think as a first-time teacher, it was going to be a much bigger challenge for me to teach classes filled with kids that didn't want to be there. Um, Granted, I'm sure not everyone falls into that category, but... You know, with the English Conversation Schools, it's, it's, um, it's a business. Someone's paying a lot of money for that. Um, and true, the kid may not be paying, but uh, most people are pretty motivated because they're doing it out of their own free will, and they're paying money for it, and it's something they want to do. They want to study. They want to be there. Classes are a lot smaller, too. Uh, we, we taught like a max of eight people at a time. Uh, the last reason I didn't do the jet program was when they say countryside, they fucking mean it big time. Uh, you need a car. Um, you are stuck out, like, in a rice field with, like, maybe a pachinko parlor next to you. And, uh, you know, some, some Jets, I knew, they were in, like, suburbs of my town, uh, Toltery which was, you know, 150,000. That's where I was in. And that was considered... Uh, kind of countryside by Eon standards, because you know they stick those those English conversation schools in relatively larger you know areas, populous areas, because they got to make money. They got to stick them in a place with enough people who are interested in English. Not so with the jet program. You're in you're in a school, and that school could be in, a, in the middle of a fucking rice field. So. um that might be what you're looking for, and if it is, shit, go for it, do the jet program, but man, it was like, I'm from LA, and I was a little too, uh, (laughs) too countryside for me, plus, I don't know, just just the semantics of getting around, you know, there's no train, and you need a car, and you got to do that whole thing, and you know, they drive on the left here, you know, in the US, I'm used to the right, so, I was not looking forward to the driving thing. And uh, so that was just kind of more compatible with my lifestyle, so I didn't have to deal with that. All right, uh, quick intro. Uh, if you sign up for, for EON or any of the English conversation schools, I'm assuming most of them f- flow the same way, but uh, you go to like, a recruiting center, or maybe they have like a recruiting event, depending on the city you're in, and you take like a test, and there's an interview, And, um, you'll take, like, an English test. I remember they gave us two on two separate days. One of them was pretty straightforward. The second one was, like, impossible, because I think they took it from the, like, the MCATs, you know, the medical school entrance. (laughs) There were, like, words on there I didn't even know existed. Such an idiot. (laughs) Like, is this even English? Is it a foreign language test? (laughs) So, anyways... In general, I won't go into the details because uh, otherwise this 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 podcast is going to be like hours long, but uh, the recruiting process in general to me is pretty obvious what they're looking for. They ask you to prepare a lesson, okay, and, and they kind of want you to have, you know, they don't expect you to have any teaching experience, but they kind of expect you to prepare at least something for the lesson, you know, some kind of English point, a grammar point, Uh, You know, a phrase book type of thing, you know, situational English, um, you know, in a restaurant, you know, phrases you'd use, for example. And during that whole thing, it was pretty obvious, okay, that's what they're kind of looking for, you know. Uh, Then they actually had us talk to each other, uh, the people, uh, going through the recruiting process. And kind of like, it was almost like uh, like a meeting, you know, discussing how to improve our lessons or something. And again, it was kind of obvious what they're looking for. You know, they want someone with, to express their ideas, not just sit there and be quiet and participate and contribute to the meeting and whatnot. Uh, the recruiting session is very valuable, though, because they answer all your questions and they give you tons of information. So uh, really, that is a, a good first step. And they paint a, they paint a pretty good picture um, uh, at the uh, recruiting session. Uh, then if you make it through and if you have a college degree and you're not a fucking idiot, you know, you kind of, like I said, you pick up what they, what they're looking for. And if you do that, you could pretty much make it. It's not, it's not the biggest, it's not the most challenging job to get. I mean, if you have a, if you have a pretty normal head on your shoulders and a college degree, that's the requirement for a visa in Japan, uh, to teach English, um, um, could be in any any subject, though. Uh, Then you could pretty much make it. Um, So you request, you know, uh, city or suburb or countryside or whatnot, you know, like, or an area of Japan. I requested kind of near Osaka. I just kind of felt like a bond with Osaka. I had been there before and really liked that city. Uh, Lots of comedy and stuff. So they gave me Toltori. Uh, which was, you know, a couple hours away, (laughs) but hey, close enough. It was like considered West Japan, I guess. Uh, So uh, we went to the uh, training center in Okayama, uh, and we had one week of training. I had one other guy there, uh, oddly enough, also from L.A., which was pretty cool. Uh, So we kind of bonded on that, and we went through the training. Uh, They give you one week of training of how to teach the classes, and off you go. They ship you out after the one week to, um, uh, to your city, and one thing about the train that was kind of funny was the dormitory we're in, it had, like, no TV <laughs> in the room, I'm like, okay, we had to share a room, which, you know, that's fine, okay, it's only one week, but this, the place seemed pretty big, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, it was, it was pretty funny, it was just, it was, I'm not gonna say military, but you know, like we had to turn on the hot water and turn it off, and I don't know. Uh, it it kind of it had a little bit of a Gilligan's Island type of feel to it, which kind of made it funny because you're you're fresh off the boat, you know, in Japan, and you go through this training. Anyways, it was really enjoyable though. The the trainers were great, um, and it was it was overall a positive experience. And I think it for one week. I think it prepared me pretty well for the job. Uh, anyways, then you're you're shipped off to the city and off you go. Now I want to break up the job because there's a lot of talk there's a lot to talk about here and a lot of different approaches I can take uh, on describing p- painting a, a good colorful picture of the job because um, that's really I think what people want to know about. Um, so I was thinking of the best way to organize this and I'm just gonna basically go through the good and then the bad, okay? Uh, I'm, I like lists. Uh, I'm an IT guy, so it's a good way to organize it for me. So let's, let's go through the good stuff. Let's start on a positive note. Um, and I, I want to, I want to make one thing very clear though. I was there for two and a half years, which is well over double, uh, the one year requirement when you sign the contract. Uh, so I want to make it perfectly clear that I, I enjoy this job a lot. So when I start talking about the bad stuff, don't get the wrong idea. I actually really did enjoy this job and had a what, had a great experience, and really, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done in in life. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the good stuff. Uh, number one, you get hang you, you get the hang of the job pretty quickly. Uh, you might be nervous about being in front of people. You know, you're you're t- you're in front of a class every day now. Maybe you're you're not used to that. I kind of wasn't, um, I had performed in school plays and stuff, but, you know, it's not the same thing, and you kind of need a little confidence, you know, when it comes to that, but you get actually used to it pretty quickly, I think, and really what it comes down to is preparation. Uh, they tell you how to prepare for the class, and there's a very rigid, uh, not rigid, mm, that's a bad word, uh, a good structure, good, yeah, that's a great word. <laughs> uh, there's a structure that you follow. So you're not just kind of fr- <laughs> freely winging it, you know, in class. They have a textbook, they have, uh, you play the CD and they have a lot of activities that, uh, will fill up that 50 minutes. Okay. For, for the most, most of the classes. So you get the hang of it pretty quickly. There's a lot of people to help you out and, um, You know, if you listen to advice, uh, you could usually get through the job and and get used to it pretty quickly. Um, Number two, most all the students are really cool uh, in general because they want to be there. They're paying money. They like English. They're interested in English. So they're paying for this extra class. You know, they want to learn English. They want to be there. And that makes all the difference in the world. So that actually makes the job pretty damn good in general. It's, it's extremely rare to have someone who doesn't want to be there. Uh, there's the occasional junior high or high school kid, usually a boy, whose parents are making him go. However, you're the foreign teacher, uh, the native speaker, and you're going to get like intermediate to advanced uh, for most of your students. And those kind of kids who are forced to be there are low level. And uh, it sucks to say this, but the Japanese teachers get stuck with them. Um, so that's kind of the good thing you're kind of spared from that it can happen though you can get a high school boy who's doing it just for something on his resume, you know, to get into college or something, you know, his transcripts so uh, it's pretty rare there almost all the students are really damn cool Um, you also get, the best of the best students are talkative older women uh, the Obachans the Obachans Uh, Older women that just will never shut up, and they just keep chatting and chatting away. And the cool thing about them is, true, their English might not be perfect, but they will make that 50 minutes fly by, because they will just keep talking and talking, and that's what you want. That's what you want. You want them to talk. That's how they get better. They might not listen to your corrections because they're just off in their own world, but they are awesome. They will make the class fly by. They're, they're really a lot of fun. The other really fun group that makes the job great is college students. And I was lucky because Tolturi is a college town, uh, so we had a lot of those. Um, uh, you get the occasional really hot girl, which is nice, eye candy, uh, but for the ladies, you probably get the occasional really good-looking guy, too. Uh, they're also really motivated. They want to live abroad, maybe. Uh, really friendly, really uh, really talkative, really a lot of fun to have in class. So those are the best of the best. I'd say those two. Uh, by far, the advanced group classes were the most fun. And this is kind of obvious because, you know, it makes sense when the really strong swimmers you could do a lot with them in the water. (laughs) So same thing with English. When they're really strong, advanced students, uh, you could do a lot with them. So your classes really got enjoyable, and you could do a lot of flexible stuff in there um, with the activities. So that was really the best of the best, the good stuff. Uh, The other thing that is really nice is the classes will uh, will repeat. Now, I don't know if this is true at all the English conversation schools, but at EON, it went on a cycle. And one class was on a one-year cycle, and the other class was on a six-month cycle. So once you've prepared all the classes, and um, you have all the posters and supplements and activities and stuff worked out, you know, and you've you've kind of road tested them to see which ones worked out, which ones didn't, you know, there's tons of websites if you need activity if you need activity ideas, and your coworkers can help you. Uh, but once you once you've prepared all those, once you've gone through six months uh, for one class, it'll repeat again. So you can just go back through your old, um, uh, your old supplements and your lesson plans and boom, it's there. Now, one thing I recommend for this is that, um, Eon didn't really give us computers, of course. Um, the desk was relatively small and we really didn't need it. You just kind of hand wrote the posters or use the whiteboard. Um, but what I did is I bought like a cheap computer, online on like yahoo auctions really cheap dirt cheap laptop and i also bought a dirt cheap like ugh, like almost breaking down uh, used inkjet printer and i it was really rare none of my fellow teachers did this but i did it because number 1 i'm an it guy and number 2 computers make my life easier i I typed all the lesson plans and, the uh, more importantly, the supplements into the computer, and then I just had them. I just clicked print. And that saved loads of time uh, from having to handwrite posters and stuff. People were always doing that. I started out doing that, and then I got smart, and I'm like, man, I'm going to do this on the computer because it's going to save so much time. I just type up a poster in like under a minute and just click print, and then I'm done the class is done. And, you know, I can't beat, my handwriting sucks. So the printer would, you know, was the neatest thing I could possibly produce. Um, Okay, more good stuff. Uh, The stress is pretty, pretty low. (laughs) Not a high stress job. Okay, you're not doing stock trading here. Okay, so that was really nice. Uh, I've never had such a low stress job in my life. That was really nice. Uh, The job is also relatively predictable. You know, you're not, you're, not, you're not chasing the financial markets on this. You know, you got students coming in and you know what they're like and what their level is like. And so you get used to the job and the job gets pretty predictable, which could be a bad thing as well, but we'll get into that later. Uh, you also get to hang out with your coworkers and students. And I don't know how old you are, of course, but I got lucky. Most of my coworkers were all around the same age. We liked each other, we got along. We hung out after work. Um, we also invited the students out uh, to izakayas, uh, Japanese pubs, and uh, the school would actually encourage that. Uh, so not every school does. I know Nova, I think, doesn't allow it, um, which is another thing that kind of sucks about them that I've heard. And please, uh, please remember that anything I hear, I say about Nova is anything I've heard. Uh, I've never worked there actually, so I could be totally wrong. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's kind of cool, the social thing. You can hang out with the uh, the coworkers and students. And that's the perfect resource when you're in some new city, you know, you don't know where the hell you are. They speak, you know, differing levels of English. They can help you get, you know, used to life in your new town, introduce you to some cool restaurants, some places to hang out, um, places to, you know, buy whatever you want to get and help you out with stuff. Um, One thing that I'm going to say is a good thing, um it's also a bad thing I think. Uh but I'm going to list it as good. The good thing about it was the weekend at Eon was Sunday and Monday. So we had to work Saturday. Uh, but the weekend being Sunday and Monday, Monday was the most awesome day to take off because you could do anything and go anywhere and it would not be crowded. Um now granted Toltery where I was at is not a very crowded town in general. However, Monday was awesome. Because I would, like, grab a snowboard and on Monday morning go snowboarding in the wintertime. And it was awesome. I had the whole resort to myself. Um, so that kind of worked out to be a, a good thing, the Sunday-Monday weekend. Um, also, your day t- your uh, hour schedule, you go to work at, like, noon. <laughs> and then, then you work until 9 p.m. okay. But usually we'd be, sh- we'd be showing up at like noon one day and then the other days was like 1 p.m. to 9 p.m., okay? Uh, now, you gotta have some discipline here because the, the thing it's really tempting to do is just sleep in like like a bear, like a hibernating bear. And really, it's a horrible feeling because you're just gonna waste your day, you're gonna waste your life. If you get up like, say, 8 a.m., you could get a lot of cool stuff done just before work uh, because you don't have too much time after work. At 9 p.m., maybe grab dinner, and then the place is going to close soon. So, um, yeah, that was kind of cool, and I kind of miss that, really. It's an interesting schedule. It's not your 9 to 5. It's, you know, noon to 9 or 1 o'clock p.m. to 9. Okay, and also a lot of that is not class. They, it's prep time. Now, when you get used to the job and you've already prepped a lot of the classes, uh, you don't need so much prep time. So I don't think this is still true, but back in the day, uh, Eon employees from foreign countries like me were not uh, obligated to enter the Japan uh, like the pension system so uh, they had to cut back our hours in order to keep it within some kind of legal restriction. So our basically long story short, we had like a three hour lunch break every day. Now, some people who first started needed some of that three hour lunch break to prepare for classes. However, I was there already over a year, and I had every class prepared pretty much, so my prep time went way down so, the three-hour lunch, <laughs> now you're working like, what, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. with a, like a three-hour lunch break? I don't think they still do this, because I think now you got to enter the, the pension system, but it was awesome. I would like go see a movie, I would have like a beer or two, and then go back to work to teach class. Now, your busiest time is going to be like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's when all the classes come, because everyone, you know, everyone does their English classes after work. Uh, the daytime classes are pretty uh, pretty low on students. You're going to get the college kids, and you're going to get the retired older women. But most of all, your business people are going to come to the evening classes for fairly obvious reasons. So that's going to be your busy time. But in general, the schedule was awesome. I had tons of free time. I mean, I was, like, I was writing songs on guitar. I had so much free time. Uh, you can listen to the Free Time podcast in the Countryside one if you're interested in that. Um, the co-workers were great. Now, every school was different, uh, but I rarely heard complaints when I met other um, Eon students. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Eon teachers. We would go to like these training sessions in Okayama, and we'd meet um, with the others. You know, the our, I guess technically our, our co-workers at different uh, schools. And I rarely heard complaints. Everyone was having a good time. In general, like I said, it's a positive experience. It's kind of something you do when you're young. Um, probably. But not everyone. You don't have to be young. I'll get that later. (laughs) Um, Also, remember, like I said, you're teaching, another good thing, you're teaching, um, your students are going to be of a relatively decent level, intermediate to advanced for the most part, because they have to be in order to survive with a foreign teacher that doesn't speak any Japanese. And that's one thing. Remember, there's a rule in class. There's no Japanese. So even if you're really good, really fluent native speaker, you can't do it. You got to turn it off um, because that's what they're paying for. So the Japanese teachers, like I said, get the lower level, the more challenging students. You don't have to deal with that so much. Once in a while, I'd cover for them. Uh, It was a challenge. Um, You'd have to really slow down and really um, think about the class. Um, But for the most part, your students are going to be intermediate to advanced. Um, So that was really a good thing. Um, also, there are the activities in the book, and there's a lot of suggestions, but you know, as you get more confident, there's a lot of flexibility in how you teach the class. There's a lot of uh, activities, especially near the end of the class, um, how you want to teach, and it's kind of fun because you figure out what really works, you know what the students are really clicking with. And, uh, you kind of go with it and it just, it's just a really satisfying time in class when you get everyone enjoying an activity that you created, you know, that you came up with. Uh, it's a really satisfying feeling. Um, so that's a really good thing about it. Um, but, um, last good thing is I will say the pay is not so good, but, you know, I actually ended up saving a lot of money for different reasons. Um, number one, the rent is like subsidized. And you're living in the countryside, and it's a pretty small place. They get you, um, which is which is a good thing. Uh, and I'll explain: is the rent is pretty cheap. You really don't have a car. I didn't have a need for a car. They kind of have a rule against cars because of the liability issue. Um, some people I know drove uh, at different. You know, the jet program people did, um, but I saved a lot of money. I had no. I had no reason to drive. I was biking around this countryside town, having a blast. So. Um, I didn't. I didn't need to to jump in and, and learn the car thing. So that saved a lot of a lot of money. Also, um, I had no space. It was a pretty small place. So I, I really thought before buying anything. You know, anything. I, anytime I wanted new clothes or I was going to buy something, I did splurge on an Xbox, which I hacked um, with a with a with a mod chip. You know, an old school Xbox, and I was watching my DVDs region free, and, you know, maybe playing a few games and stuff, that was about it, I got a, a guitar, um, but really, you can't be buying, you're not gonna be buying, like, furniture and, like, a double bed, you know, a king size bed or anything for the place, so I saved a lot of money because of that, you just can't, you don't have space to buy anything, you don't have space to put anything, so you don't buy anything, because <laughs> you, don't, you don't have any place to put it, <laughs> even though you have the money to buy it, so not i mean a lot of people who had money problems um i know some of the some of the teachers especially the guys would spend way too much money on alcohol you know the beer is so expensive here so just just take it easy with that with the going out and the partying and you can save you can save your money uh, pretty good um i ended up saving money okay let's go into the bad stuff um uh, blah, blah, blah. like i said the pay isn't so good you know, and I will say, but the job, you're not a stockbroker on this, so really, I think it's a pretty fair, it's a pretty fair salary, considering everything, it's a pretty fun, kickback, low-stress job, so yeah, the pay ain't so good, so what you gonna do, what you gonna do, um, the Sunday-Monday weekend, it did kind of suck sometimes, because I just had that, that, that embedded, you know, natural feeling that Saturday morning was a day off and it wasn't, it's your busiest day. It's when everyone comes to the lessons, you know? So you have the most classes on Saturday and it was your busiest day. And there'd be some kind of like concert outside, of course, on Saturday afternoon. And the weather always was on Saturday was, was like perfect. Uh, just because that sucks that way. Um, so that, that kind of sucks sometimes the, the Sunday, Monday weekend. Um, you know, and you want to hang out with someone else, but their weekend is the normal Saturday-Sunday, so you got to work out something on Sunday, that kind of sucks sometimes, uh, the other thing that sucked was shirt and tie, goddamn Japanese with the shirt and tie, now, I understand the whole professional thing, you know, and, but granted, I'm from LA, one of the most casual cities in the US, and the shirt and tie thing, oh man, that drove me nuts, uh, you had an option of a suit or the shirt and tie. Of course, I always did the shirt and tie. And I tried to do the short the short sleeve <laughs> shirt. You know, I look like the like the calculus professor or something from the 60s, you know, the pocket protector. <laughs> so, I really tried to stre- stretch that that dress code, but you had to wear the tie, and that's like a fate worse than death for us men. Um Women really work it. They can get away with anything, you know. They wear these, like, shorts that look kind of corporate. I call them corporate shorts. Anyways, ladies, you're fine. Probably you can wear whatever the fuck you want. But the men had to wear the tie. Yeah, that, yeah, that one requirement. So that really sucks sometimes. Uh, one thing that also kind of sucked um, is you had private lessons. And those were rough because you had no textbook sometimes. Maybe you had, like, a newspaper article. Or sometimes they just want to talk about anything. And sometimes the person was kind of boring and they didn't have much going on. You know, they're retired or something. You know, and you're seeing these days, you're seeing these people week after week after week and you fucking know everything about them. And you have no more questions to ask. It's like, I mean, do you see your best friends like every week? I mean, maybe you do. But you got to talk to someone for an hour every week consistently I mean, I don't even, I don't even talk to my best friends that much, and you have to talk, you know, you can't just sit there looking at each other, drinking beer, you know, you have to talk, and sometimes it was torture, because it's like, God, I don't know what to ask you anymore, you're so fucking boring, no, I'm just kidding, they weren't, (laughs) they were great people, you know, but Jesus Christ, I, I saw them more than, like, anyone else in life, like, more than my parents and my best friends. And you, you have to talk to them about something. You have to figure something out. And I'd be stressing out so much, like, what the fuck am I going to talk to this guy about? He has nothing going on, you know? So that kind of that freaked me out. And, you know, I think it's actually worse for the women. Because the women sometimes, my female uh, foreign coworkers would get, like, a weird dude. <laughs> you know, I can deal with weird dudes. But what is it, like, dudes are usually the weirder ones. I mean, weird women, there's not many of them. And weird women are just kind of funny to me. They're just kind of, like, loony. But weird dudes are real fucking creepy. You know, they, like, touch you in your private areas. And, you know, there's just something wacky shit is going on up there. You know, something's wrong. And when they would ask for, like, I want a female teacher. I want a female foreign teacher. Oh, my God. Uh, I felt so bad for them because it was, like, it's like a date. It's like their private lesson turned into a date. So I, I think it's way worse for the women with the awkward private lessons. Um, I had, um, I remember I had uh, one private student. You know, a few of them. That man, it would take this woman like twenty minutes to answer any question. I'd say, "How are you?" And there'd just be awkward silence for ooh, just such a long time. It just made me so uncomfortable. And then finally she'd say, like, I'm good. And I'm like, dude, what is up with the delay? Like, I do not understand. Like, how long can you possibly pre-processing how are you? I ask you this every week, and your answer is the same every week. What takes you so long to spit out the answer? That was one of them. Another one um, was uh, she was so nervous during class. She was literally shaking. She was like shaking in her boots. It was like a, it was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, (laughs) like a ghost, (laughs) and it made me so uncomfortable because she was so nervous, yet she always requested me. She insisted on a foreign teacher, and she wanted me to be her teacher, Um, even though she was just like a nervous, neurotic wreck during the entire class. She had like a water bottle, and she was like... She was like taking swigs of it during the class, and it was like shaking in her hand during the class. And it was so hard to come up with stuff to talk to, to talk about with this woman because she was so nervous. It made me so uncomfortable, and it made me think, like, dude, you know, you got more problems um, going on than English. Like, English lessons aren't going to solve your problems, you know, because she was kind of she was kind of shy and quiet. And kind of skittish, even in Japanese, what they said, my, uh, my co-workers. So, yeah, there was there was private lessons like that that were pretty awkward. And really, the only advice I can give you is preparation. you got to figure something out. Talk to tons of different people. Search the internet. Get advice from the trainers. You have to figure something out with these people. You have to to prepare something to talk about, a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z, you have to have backup plans and a backup for the backup plan, because you're going to run out of shit to talk about, and that's going to be so awkward, because when it's you and this guy in the room, (laughs) what are you going to do, just sit there looking at each other? (laughs) I mean, I guess you can bang each other, (laughs) you know, but I don't know how that's going to reflect on the school. So, yeah, I mean, you can't just start making out with the guy. So, um, you got to prepare something to talk about something, get magazine articles, turn on the news. Hey, just see a good movie lately? <laughs> you know, if, any, if nothing else, it'll prepare you for uh, dates. You know, it'll, it, I mean, at the end of that job, after finishing that job, I could have a conversation with a fucking brick wall. I, I can have a great conversation with a brick wall. And this podcast should be proof. Of that should be proof positive of that because listen i've been talking my ass off like a douchebag for like over 30 minutes like non-stop i like barely even took a breath okay so in, in a lesson with someone who just will not talk um i'm i'm more than halfway done now you know my podcast <laughs> my podcast could be a lesson right here so that's one skill it'll give you it'll i don't know is that a is that a good thing or a bad thing It'll give you the ability to talk to fucking nobody. <laughs> you could talk to yourself. You could talk to a wall. You could talk to a piece of shit on the floor um, <laughs> for 50 minutes if you want. That's the skill that this job will give you that you'll walk away with. Um, okay, moving on. Other, other not so good stuff, the kind of stuff that sucked. Uh, stalker students. I had this dude um, who was like a student for like maybe a month and and he kept wanting to, like, go out for beer. And he had kind of a guy, uh, one of my coworkers he went out with, uh, and that coworker went back to his home country. And then he kind of went, the, the guy was left without his drinking buddy. So he kind of was trying to bond with me and said, hey, let's go out. And he, we, I went out once with the guy. And it was so awkward because I was getting kind of the, um, I want to say, I want to say the gay vibe, but it was not the. It was not what I call the normal gay vibe. It was like the creepy old man, because he was much older. He was like, in his sixties, I'd say, fifties or sixties, and I was in my mid twenties, and I just got that real creepy feeling, like I want to put some shit up your ass. I want to stick something in my. I want to stick something in your little asshole, in your twenty-six year old asshole. Now he didn't say that. But, you know, he was kind of doing the hand on the shoulder thing, and he was paying for everything, and I kind of got the feeling like, oh, this dude wants to make me his bitch. So it got kind of creepy with this dude. So after that one time, like I said, I got kind of the creepy, um, I want to rape you vibe. Um, So I just stopped going out. I stopped, you know, he wasn't a student anymore, so it was kind of cool. I just stopped returning his calls, and he was calling me like 10, 15, 20 times a day. He would call and then call again. I'd check my cell phone. There'd be like, you know, like 10 missed, you know, calls all from him, and yeah, dude was real creepy, um, and I know, I think my situation's pretty rare because I think the stalker student situation is probably more common with the women. Uh, the uh, One of our, uh, f- again, the same female teacher had kind of a stalker uh, student issue, a real creepy dude, real creepy dude coming around and like asking her out, wanting her phone number, and you know confessing his love and stuff. Real creepy stalker dude. Because I don't know, you're you're a cute, you know, early twenties girl teaching these dudes English. You know, they're just gonna love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you stand out, you're a beautiful foreign woman. Oh my god, you're like the fantasy of so many dudes, especially the Japanese dudes in the countryside of all places. So I, I think it was worse for the women. Um the dudes, yeah, it probably happens once in a while. Unfortunately we're not stalked by hot girls. Uh we're stalked by weird old dudes. So, yeah, that's the stalker student thing. It's usually the um weird old guys, you know. Like supermodel Japanese supermodels can't stalk me. That's what really sucked. I mean, that would be a perfect world, but no, that's that's why it's on the list of bad stuff. Um, okay. Um, also once in a while, the um, we had some really quiet high school kids. Uh, again, like I said, you you might have like um. The parents want them to go or something like that. And I'll never forget, you have to do these, like, interviews. It's kind of like a free trial lesson, which is slash interview, where you're trying to figure out what class they would be good for, you know, figuring out out their level. Um, And I'll never forget, you have these questions that are really open that you can kind of use to spark a conversation uh, to get your trial lesson kind of kicked off. And one of, the, one of the best ones is like, do you like music? Because everybody loves music, right? Y- you know, and then you could talk about what kind of music you like. Do you go to concerts and blah, blah, blah. And maybe you have something in common. Maybe you don't. But, you, you know, you got a conversation going. It, real simple topic, music. I asked this kid, do you like music? And he's like, no. And I'm like, you little fuck. <laughs> everybody likes music. He's like, no. And I'm like, fucker. Now I'm at a dead end. Okay, what do you do in your free time? I like sleeping. I'm like, you little bitch. I'm like, alright, so, uh, sleeping. That's a great hobby. What can we talk about that? Uh, who do you sleep with, little fucker? Yeah, that guy was such a douche. Yeah, so some... It's rare. It is rare, but you will get that once in a while. Just a douchebag high school boy who's fucking around. He did it, like, as a dare or something. We had high school girls, Yokochan, I can't believe we're doing this. Uh, they're, like bored or something. Uh, look at the foreigner. Yeah. Uh, poke him, poke him. Can I touch your hair? So you get some like weird people like that coming in the class, in the school. You know, just doing their free trial lesson. Yeah, fuck you. I just went the trial lesson. I'm not signing up. So yeah, you get that. Um, you get awkward weird guys coming in. I remember one dude was like stopped by and he wanted like a flyer. And the woman behind the counter, like our um, our kind of assistant receptionist woman, gives him the flyer, and he kind of traces his arm along her, along her forearm as he takes the flyer. Real creepy. I'm like, whoa, motherfucker, you gotta go. Time to go. When you take a flyer from a woman's hand like that, you are not fucking normal. Time to go, motherfucker. So, yeah, you get those people coming in. You're running a business. You get some weird-ass people coming in once in a while from the street, okay? Uh, The 12 noon to 9 p.m. schedule was rough once in a while. And like I said, you gotta get your ass up. Don't sleep in till 11.30. Don't be a fuck, because you're gonna waste your life away. And sometimes, I did that, okay? Uh, The cool thing is, you know, you could party all night and still be fine for work, because you you don't have to be to work the next day until, like, 1 p.m. or noon. But sometimes that schedule sucked because by the time you're done with work, it's like 9 p.m., you know? And, you know, out in the countryside, it's not like you can go to a club or something. (laughs) Although I did my best. Um, Also, another thing that kind of sucked is we had to clean up the office. It was just part of the duties, okay? And, like, once a week, you had to vacuum up the place and take out the trash and stuff like that. And I remember, like, one time after class... (laughs) I was, like, vacuuming up the school, and, like, Jesus Christ, I gotta get a new job, (laughs) it's just, I don't know, when you're vacuuming up the place, um, I don't know, it kind of, um, it kind of reminds you of how, like, low-paid the the job is, how low-class the job is, uh, so, not a big deal, you get used to it, but, yeah, you're like, yeah, take out the trash, bitch, (laughs) Uh, another thing that kind of sucked is it's a, it is a business, so once in a while they do these campaigns, they call them, and you gotta sell stuff to the students. Now, this has gotten better, because it got better while while I was there, over the two and a half years I was there. In the beginning, we just had to sell the shit to the students. Like, after class, hey, hey, Nordico chan can I talk to you for a second? Uh, you know, I noticed you're you're really good at English, but here's something that'll make it even better, you know, and... You got to kind of like pull people aside after class and play like the salesman angle. Now, they improved this because I think I sucked. And they always point out like how much you sold or didn't sell. And they're like, damn, David, you really suck at this. And I did suck. But later on, they made it better, probably because they got a lot of feedback, maybe complaints from people about it. And the deal was that you didn't have to actually sell it. You just had to show it to them, kind of like a demo. Hey, um, we have these extra activities, you know, these extra, you know, things you might want to do, you know, to study in your free time available if you're interested. Here's how it works. Here's, you know, a preview. Um, I play the CD a little bit, you know, show them the, the book or whatever. Hey, If you're interested, is anyone interested? Well, if you're interested, you know, think about it. Talk to the woman at the front. Desk, and she can hook you up. Okay, and some people were interested. You know, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I want to study some extra, you know, stuff." So I'll, I'll talk to that woman, and then you know they ask like, "Oh, who showed you this?" And like, "Oh, David showed it to me." So then you gotta get your credit that way. So it was kind of nice the way they changed it. You didn't have to like be the salesman so much, you know, and push like a, a hard sell onto them. Um, <laughs> the thing like I said, it's a business. We had to um. Now, we got paid overtime for this, granted, but we had to get up a little early, (laughs) you know, like before 11.30 a.m., and we had to hand out flyers, like, you know, at, like, junior high schools and high schools, like, after class or after, like, a big test or something. They're like, hey, you want to study some English? Here you go. Here's a flyer. Hi, I'm a fucking foreigner. Look at me. Uh, Look at me. I'm a real-life foreigner. You can pull my hair and, and poke me. yeah. Because when you're when you're the only foreigner for miles, and there's a bunch of high school kids, they're gonna like it's gonna be like Dumbo. Whoa! Look at his ears! <laughs> look at his big nose! Look at the blue eyes! Wow! Dumbo! Yeah. Uh, so it was a little degrading the handing out the flyers thing, especially when it was in the dead of winter, and it's like snowing, and you gotta be here's your flyer. <laughs> So yeah, that, that kind of sucked sometimes, but uh, you did it with coworkers, so that was kind of fun because you're like, "Oh man, this sucks." and you're like, "Yeah, it really sucks." So it kind of felt better because you're both suffering together. Um, another thing that sucks is the very beginning of the job is rough because you're not used to you're not used to it. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know how to teach yet. You're nervous. You're you're not preparing as well as you should, or you didn't, <laughs> you didn't you only had one week of training, and you're not really used to it yet. The beginning is rough, but if you hang in there, you get used to it. After after a few weeks, few months, uh, you get much better at it, and it's uh, it's a second nature. So uh, that that kind of sucked. The very beginning kind of sucked. Uh, the other thing that kind of sucks is. Sometimes the other foreign teacher, uh, I know some schools only have one, so then you're like the one dude, uh, (laughs) or lady, uh, but some have multiple foreign teachers. I had one other foreign teacher with me, uh, which changed a lot over my two and a half years, uh, because they would go back after a year usually, um, and sometimes the other teacher is a douchebag, okay, they borrow money from you, uh, they're late, uh, they don't show up, their classes suck, people complain about them, uh, people complain about him, and then uh, the students insist on going to your class, so you have to take more students in, um, so yeah, just watch, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it, you just have to live with the douchebaggery, okay, so if you're lucky, you'll get a girl, because usually the girls are the better <laughs> teachers in general, the dudes are just like, yeah, hey, Japan, yeah, motherfucker, I'm in Japan, fuck around, yeah, so yeah, you'll get that. You'll get a douchebag is like, drunk and fucking around, you know, I'm out of college, what am I gonna do? Well, let's get a tattoo and go to Japan! Yeah, so, that kind of sucks sometimes. Uh, another thing that sucked, is a small thing you don't think about, is you have to stand most of the day, because you're teaching. Uh, my legs were fucking tired every day, because you're standing. And, it, if you get like a private lesson or a lesson with maybe one or two students, I would kind of bust out the like, hey, let's sit down for this one, you know, and rest your legs. But you are it's a standing job. You're not sitting at a desk. So maybe it's good. Maybe you get some kind of workout on your legs. But yeah, it was rough. I was always getting like leg massages because <laughs> we're uh, going to like, you know, like a, taking hot baths for my legs because you're standing all the day. So yeah, do some exercises or something. Work out those calves or whatever uh, because you're standing all day. Get used to it. Uh, Another thing that sucked is, you know, when I worked in an office, I just took it for granted that when I had to pee, I could just get up and pee. But when you're teaching class, you can't just do that. Uh, Excuse me, students, I got to take a huge piss. I'll be right back. Because, you know, it's 50 minutes. (laughs) They're paying a lot of money for that 50-minute lesson. And they they don't want, like, a couple minutes where you're out taking a piss. So you gotta really time your piss, you know. You go like, oh, I gotta pee before this class, you know. And then some students like, oh, I have a question. No, you're like, fuck you! I gotta pee! I gotta pee! I gotta get out of here. And my my school kind of sucked because we were like in a shopping mall type of type of situation, and we didn't have our own bathroom. We had to use the um, the restroom at, in the shopping mall, and it was a little bit of a walk. You know, it took a few minutes to get down there. So between classes was a pain because. You know, students would be asking questions. Uh, what else? Uh, You'd have to do those like those outside lesson things. You know, that I was telling you that you sell to the students. Sometimes you got to check their their work, you know, and help them out. And you don't have a lot of time. You have ten minutes before between lessons, and boom, the, the students are showing up for the next lesson. And you, you know, if you're like me. I'm the kind of guy who drinks a ton of water. That's just the way I am. I'm always drinking tons of water, which is like a curse of my life. So I had this massive like water pee, like a reservoir, you know, like Moses and the Red Sea in my bladder. And I'm like, ah, I gotta pee this out. It's killing me. And I remember between classes, this woman's like, I have a question. And I'm just running. I'm like, wait, I gotta. And then like, like the I was like literally running. And the receptionist is like, what, what, did? I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go! And i run him down there, it was like painful! I'm like running all funny, you know? And yeah, you gotta really think about that. Think twice before you chug that like one liter bottle of something before the class. Just be thirsty, dude. You know, and if you're gonna you have water in the class, you know, cause you're talking a lot, your voice gets tired, you need some water, think about that, man, because that massive water pee is going to kill you. When you have like three back-to-back hour lessons, you got to really learn how to hold that shit, okay? You're going to be like a truck driver holding your pee in. You'll get really good at it, uh, but it's not really a, a skill I'm particularly proud of, so um, yeah, you got to really time your pee. So we'll we'll um, end on that note, um, talking about urination. Yeah, So I hope you enjoyed this. This is like my longest one ever. Geez, I didn't even expect to talk about life at Eon that much. But I did. So I hope you uh, enjoyed this, and I'll uh, hopefully catch you later. Bye.